Hello, how are you guys doing? It's Aiden Jones here. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 23rd of August, 2022. <laughs> Man, I'm so tired. <laughs> it's unbelievable how tired I am. I just, my body feels so sore and my heart is sore. Like I'm tired emotionally. Today's the day. Today is the day. You know, every fringe, people talk about the breakdown. People talk about the fucking, the fatigue, you know, the one day when it hits you. Today's the day. Uh, and it's been coming. It has been coming. Um, it's just the last few days I've felt tired and kind of exhausted and like at a few different periods and... I don't know, I feel at my spots, like I'm getting pretty sick of my material, but I'm also not writing any new material really, I don't know that I have that much new to talk about, because as much as I am here at the Fringe and I'm doing stuff all day every day, it's not that much new stuff, like I'm just doing the same thing, the main thing is the show's doing both of those, um, let's do a little finance check. A little cash check, a little cash check. Yeah, baby, you're making cash and you got to check it. <laughs> oh, I hated that. Um, you got to check it, cash. <laughs> Chichi na na. Fucking. Well, uh, oh, look at that. Okay. I've I've uh, four thousand pounds in my bank, but a bunch of that's not my money. I've made three and a half thousand pounds gross from my three pm show, and three thousand one hundred pounds from my nine thirty pm show. I am starting to realise that the I, I I can't remember whether I said this last week already or not, but I think the nine thirty is just a little late for um. A little late for my fucking show. Uh, yeah. Just a little late to try and do a solo show in the bar with the whole bar kind of popping off next door. And it would be really cool to have that room. But at, I'm thinking next year, like a midday and 3 p.m. Those are the shows. That'd be awesome. Have the old show at midday and have the new show at like 3 p.m. Uh, yeah, I don't know, man. Some of the things that I talk about are a bit fucking whatever, but I think the audiences of this festival are willing to hear anything at any time of day. I mean, I'm doing my 3 p.m. show. It's the new material, and a lot of the new material is like kind of confronting or just like a little bit whatever. I don't know, like maybe not something, you know, that you would think people would want to hear about at 3 p.m., but they're fine with it. I think if anything, they're just a really honest crowd, and if it's good, they'll like it, and if it's not good, they won't regardless of whether it's like gross or you know talking about sex or i don't even know what the fuck is offensive i don't even know what that means like i guess racist but that's just hateful you know like i mean hateful is hateful or or or, or just like willfully ignorant stuff you know like i mean that's that that's the same at 3 p.m or 3 a.m it doesn't really matter 
that's what I think. Like, I don't know when people talk about like, oh, they don't go for that at that time of day. It's like, well, do they not? I reckon the I reckon what your content of your material is is like largely irrelevant to the time, you know. But the what crowds differ is just like I didn't say that very well. the The way that crowds differ over time is just their willingness to pay attention. That's all. It's just the focus. And the show that I'm putting on at nine thirty has several and I've come to see this as a flaw in the show still I mean this has always been this has always been a kind of flaw in a lot of my in the shows that I've put on is that there is always kind of long stretched out periods of of exposition um with not a lot of jokes and again you know with Taco with the show about my biological dad there is fucking periods of exposition that don't have a lot of jokes and uh, that's fine. It services the show. It's good for the show, you know, like it's all whatever. It is it is in a way a weakness of the show, but it's also a feature of the show and it's a part of the show that is uh, indivisible from the show itself. You couldn't take that out of the show and it would, it would change the show. So I've come to realize that that feature of the show just doesn't do well at 9.30 at night especially at weekends when people have been drinking all day and then there's a whole bar worth of people just on the other side of a curtain making a lot of noise and then this room full of people are required to pay attention. The bar full of people is distracting and it distracts me as well and it makes me think, fuck, are these people not having as good a time as they could be having just talking to their friends on the other side of that curtain? So I don't think that's a feature of the the content of the material as it is of the form of the material. Fucking for someone who's tired, I really feel like I'm speaking quite coherently right now. That's good, isn't it? Let me have a sip of tea. Maybe that'll fix it. Maybe I'll start babbling. Oh, yes. Just a moment. You know what drinking tea is? It's just a moment. That taking a moment to sip tea is just like... It's not even about the tea. It's just about stopping talking or needing to do anything to just sip. And when you're sipping, you're not doing anything else. <laughs> that doesn't really make sense. <laughs> but but you know what I mean? Like taking a moment to have a sip of tea is like taking a moment to just pause. And that's why it's really important to do that, especially in the fringe, man. What have I done this week? What good gigs have I done? I don't even fucking remember, man. I've been tagging my, um, oh God, I just, you know what? I'm just going to fucking, I'll just, um, hey man, I'm recording my podcast right now. I'm actually, I'm sending you this voice message because I'm on the podcast and it's easier to send this voice message than it is to stop the podcast and text, but I'll be done in like 25 minutes and then I'll send you a message if you're still around. <laughs> oh yeah. Good. Um, fuck. What gigs have I done? Man, I've really started just like not, I've started um, tagging my gigs at the end of the recording with just like, uh, you know, oh, dude, actually, I did this on the fucking 15th. What date is it today? The 22nd? Fuck, maybe that was... 
15th. Yeah, that must have been before I did uh, after I did the last pod. Um, last Tuesday, I did Taco, the show in the bar, uh, in the, yeah, the 9.31. And like, there was a group of people fucking it really pissed me off. <laughs> oh, that was on my anniversary, wasn't it? Yeah, that was on my uh, anniversary of um, whatever, 11 years in comedy. <sighs> um, there was a bunch of people on the other side of the curtain and I just fucking, towards the end of the show... I like stopped the, and I wasn't doing that well in the show already. And I stopped the show um, towards the end, put the mic down and just walked outside the curtain and like still politely, but you could tell that I was annoyed. I was just like, hey guys, can everyone just like be quiet for the next five minutes? I'm doing a show in here and you're really being loud. And then I didn't even look at them or wait for them to acknowledge me. I just went back into the room. And uh, I think it bummed the audience out. Like a couple of them clapped. <laughs> but there were like 40 people in the room and you legit like two or three of them clapped and the rest of them were just like, oh. <laughs> i tell you what, man. I just had a set now, just, just right now, um, at Pick of the Fringe where I went on stage and I was just, I was there. Man, it was the best set I've had this festival um, because I've just been really emotionally drained today and I've been feeling for a few hours like I need to cry and like I've just seen a lot of people that I haven't seen in a long time and a lot of like fucking friendships and relationships that were kind of like, you know, have changed in the few years of like COVID and being away from this place and also just being back at the fringe and doing all these gigs. It's a lot to take in. And a lot of stuff is happening this month as well. And um, yeah, it really just kind of came to it today. <clears throat> I, um, oh man, I went out on Saturday night. It was so great. I was almost going to go home, you know, like I kind of saw some friends and they were dancing, but I couldn't go into that place because they needed tickets. So they came out and then we fucking hell, we went to get a drink at this bar Ox 184 that I had gone to with some friends the night before and it's kind of loud but it's a decent bar to go sit in it's actually really fucking loud and I didn't think about how loud it was but whatever I uh my friends left where they were dancing and they were ready to go home so they were like yeah we'll have one more drink we went to this ox bar I fucking stood in line at the bar how crazy is it when you're standing at a bar waiting for the fucking bartender to serve you and I'm not a dick like I'm not putting my hand up I'm not doing anything I'm not I've learned that lesson. I remember like the week I turned 18 going out to a bar and uh, trying to get the bartender's attention by like waving to him. <laughs> and, and some guy who I went to high school with who was like a year older than me, I tried to get the bartender's attention by like being like, yo, yo, man, whoa, whoa, over here. <laughs> Hello, you're not serving me. Um, and this dude was just like, uh, oh man, you haven't, you, uh, you haven't been to a bar before, hey? And <laughs> I was so embarrassed because I fancied myself as someone who knew a bit about what was what, you know? I was like, no, nah, man, I know about bars, but I didn't at all. And I never did that again. I'd never waved at a bartender after that, getting told, getting humiliated by this dude I went to high school with. So I'm not an asshole, you know, when I stand at a bar. When I'm waiting, 
I'm fucking, I'm waiting, I'm patient. You try and make eye contact, you keep your hands down or on the bar, you get your money ready, you know? I know the fucking etiquette. This bar, man, they had fucking four people working behind the bar. I guess two of them were bar backing and two of them were making cocktails. And it was like 1am, which is not super late for the fringe. It wasn't crazy busy. We got a table straight away and then I was like, I'll go get the drinks. And I just, I must have been there for fucking at least 10 minutes. I reckon 12 minutes standing at the bar, did not get a single bit of eye contact. Not only that, all the people around me, one of them got served and they were dealing with dockets. They were making cocktails off of dockets, but then there were people at the bars and it wasn't table service. I was like, where are these fucking dockets coming from, man? Why the fuck am I not just getting like eye contact? Like, hey, yeah. I'm serving you in a second or like I'm not serving you in a second. It's going to be five minutes. I got a lot of shit. Oh, I gave up. I've never given up. at a. I gave up. I stood there for like 12 minutes and then I just turned around and I walked away. I was like, well, I'm not getting served at this bar. It was insane. I couldn't believe it. I mean, all I was going to buy was a Red Bull and two soda waters for my friends. We weren't drinking, so... <laughs> Not a big loss for the bar. I'm sure they'll survive, but it just, I couldn't believe it, man. And, and that is something that I feel entitled to get angry at. <laughs> I just, I just couldn't, I find it so funny how in a half and all fucking that I get when I just don't get good service. <laughs> it's like, who the fuck am I? Oh, mate. Um, yeah, fuck. But after that, I was like, man, I might go home. I wasn't having the night that I thought I was going to have. And I was on my way home and I was like, I could turn left and go back to my house and sleep. Or I could turn right and go see if anyone's at the pear tree because people are normally hanging out at the pear tree. And I was like, you know what? I want to go to the pear tree, you know, like that's chill. There might be people there. I'll pop in. I'll have one. Met some people. Met some friends, met some new people, and then at three, the pear tree closed, and they were like, we're going to Whistle Binkies, and I was like, I'm going to go home, and they were like, nah, and I was like, you know what, I'm coming to Whistle Binkies, man, this is the night, this is it, I felt myself letting go of the need to go to bed, I was like, this is the thing that I'm here for, you know, it's not just doing the shows, it's talking to people, I've been saying on stage a bunch this week that I feel so lonely sometimes on stage because you're there with people and it feels like you're around people, but you're not really around people, especially when you're just doing your jokes, you're not even really talking to them, you're just performing and that's great, I love it, but like, it's not the same as like sitting down and talking to a friend, you know, um, so when I got to the pear tree, I was like, well, fuck man, I'm here to talk to these people and to hang out with my friends and to see what happens and go where it takes me. And, uh, so we went to whistle binkies and we got there at like three ish and there were two dudes on stage playing guitar and singing songs and we danced, man, live music, you know, they were playing covers of the Beatles. They closed on this song, Bo Radley. You can't judge a book by looking at the cover. You can't judge a sister by looking at the brother. You can't judge a book by looking at the cover. What's my... Oh, no, my friend doesn't say anything about that. I can't wait to see if my... If, I, if my friend replies to that message, I will... Uh, has he even seen it? He has, he has seen it. I bet... 
<laughs> I bet that's an annoying message to fucking receive. Just someone going, hey, I'm doing my podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, we did that, man. That was the best. That was so much fun. I was looking around at all these people jumping and fucking dancing and being tired. I left at 4 a.m. And so for that hour, man, just dancing and, and fucking singing and like, listen to my voice. My voice is cooked. But I was like, I don't care. Fuck this, man. I'm going to sing. This is what it's all about. To be in some sweaty bar, listen to two dudes play songs on the guitar and sing and to see them be visibly annoyed that they have to keep playing because a bunch of people just rocked up and they thought they were done and now they're playing longer. <laughs> and then they like snuck in some of their originals and like the vibe noticeably was less, not because they were bad songs, they were great songs, but we just didn't know them. <laughs> um and uh yeah man all these people who i've met that night you know just fucking dancing grabbing people spinning them around oh it was beautiful um yeah it was a really good weekend this set that i just had now like that's what i mean it's been ups and downs like And I know, I mean, I feel like the podcast has been the same for the last few weeks because I'm at the fringe. It just, it doesn't change. It just becomes more of what it is. It doesn't get better or worse, the fringe. I mean, it's, it's amazing and it's incredible and it's also awful, but it doesn't change. It just gets more as it goes on. The first week is crazy. The second week is crazier. The third week is, is insanity. It just becomes more up and more down and more contrasting and more emotional. And um, this fucking set that I did today, I was talking to them. I was talking to the audience. I went on stage and I just started saying, I'm really emotional today. I feel fucked up. I, I said, I'm a raw nerve. I'm just a raw nerve right now. And um, I was talking about crying you know, I was like, maybe I just need to get this out. I said, I said, maybe I need to get it out of my face or my dick or my butt. I don't know how, but I just got to get this emotion out. And this girl was laughing and I was like, have you cried? And she said, yeah, I cried yesterday. And I was like, what did you cry about? And she said, I'm going back to Jordan. I'm going home to a third world country um, in two weeks time. <laughs> and I was like, that's crazy. That sounds really scary. She was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Um, and then uh, there was a guy next to her and I was like, well, what's your deal? And he was, I was like, are you guys partners? And they were like, yeah, we've been dating for eight months. And I was like, okay. And what happens now? And he said, we're about to break up because she's going back to Jordan. And he's like, I want to go see her in like maybe January and it's August, dude. It's fucking August. That's so far away. They're both 23, you know? I don't know what to do about that. I don't know what to say about that. I have some experience in that. You know what I was thinking? Like, I have experience on both sides of a part of that kind of relationship because a few years ago, I met a girl at the Fringe 
in 2017 and then and then we fell in love and it was great and I stayed here for a few weeks and we traveled around we went to London together we went to Paris together and um and then I kept coming back and visiting her I stayed in Edinburgh until like mid-October and then I went home and then I came back in like late November and that was actually the first episode of this podcast. If you go back and listen to the first episode of this podcast at the end of November 2017, I'm in Melbourne getting ready to come to Edinburgh to meet this girl that and it didn't work out and the first month of this podcast is just me. <laughs> it's just so sad. <laughs> And uh, the podcast was me just talking to myself and, and, you know, trying to take my mind off of the fact that I'd come to the other side of the world to see this girl who then just, you know, for whatever reason, she didn't have time for me. She wasn't there for it. And uh, that was a bummer. That was very difficult. But I also, when I was 20, went to Bolivia and met a French girl and then I went back to Australia and she went back to France and then I was 21 and she came to Australia to be with me and I cheated on her like a week before she uh, came, you know, and, that, and then she found out and that was all really bad. I've been on both sides of the like going to another place to be with a person and being in a lopsided relationship. I don't know what this means. I don't know why I'm telling you guys this. Felt relevant in the show. I told them about the, the first story, the 2017 one. I told them about that. And I was just like, it's, it's fucking, I don't know. I think what I learned from that 2017 relationship, what I learned was that when I came over here, I didn't really put it all out in the open as to what I was doing or why. I just did it, you know, like I, me and this girl, like we were, you know, we cared about each other. We told each other that we loved each other, all that stuff. But we, um... Didn't really talk. Like I just said, I'm going to come back and I'm going to come back in like a, six weeks. And she was like, all right, I might be busy. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to. And I didn't really, I, like in retrospect, I'm like, I could have been like, hey, do you want me to come back? Is this something that you think we could pursue long term? If I came back, what would that look like? When should I come back? Any of these questions? Because I was scared that the answer was going to be, I don't think this can work. I'm sorry. Don't come. So rather than ask those questions and hear the answer, I just was like, you know what? Fucking, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to come and I'll find out the answer when I get there. And I found out. <laughs> and I've been doing a podcast for five years because of it. <laughs> uh, and um, that's what I learned from that relationship that took me a long time to learn that lesson through therapy and shit was like, if you want something, tell the person, ask them. They might say no, but you got to ask them, you know? If you fucking want something, if you don't ask, you're not going to get it. You might accidentally get it, but then you're not even getting it because you're just getting it through luck and then it'll probably go away at some point as situations change because that person didn't realize how much the thing that they were giving to you meant to you. They thought that it was just a convenience or whatever. I'm straying from the point here, but like... You got to figure out what you want and then ask for that thing. 
tell the person that you fucking want that. And I saw these 23-year-old kids and they're having this relationship. And eight months is not a fucking nothing amount of time. It's a good amount of time. They're together. They are in a relationship that works. And then she's going back to fucking Jordan, this chick. And she's scared. And, and he doesn't want to lose her. And they're both, you know. God. Yeah. Isn't life great? This is exactly what I wanted this fringe to be. This is exactly what I wanted this month to be. I spoke to a guy today who um, has been doing the fringe, this dude, Mervyn Stutter, and he's been doing the fringe for 35 years. This is his 35th. His first one was 1982. And then his first year doing his own show was 1987. And he's been here every year since 1987, except for 2020, the pandemic year. And I just spoke to him about that. I mean, isn't that amazing? 30 fucking, this is his 34th year, but his 35th time at the Fringe. But this is his 34th year consecutively, if you don't count 2020. Whatever, who cares? This is just numbers. And uh, he said the same thing as me, man. Like he... He, what he was saying about it, that was exactly what I thought about it. I, we, we, I interviewed him for the documentary. And he was just like, yeah, man. I've been doing it for all this time. You know, we have these various projects. He told me about this project that he did where they... Uh, um, he has this pink jacket that he wears for his show that became part of his brand. And then on the 20th anniversary of him doing his show... It's like a compilation show. It's like Pick of the Fringe show, but for, uh, I think, Underbelly or Assembly. I don't know, one of them. Um, on the 20th anniversary of that show, he sold the jacket to someone for charity for £5,000. And then they sent this money to this school in, uh, I can't remember which country, I'm sorry, but in Africa somewhere. Uh, maybe it was Nigeria. I can't remember. And uh, to for this school that like teaches kids, whatever. And then uh, after five years, the guy who bought it came back and was like, I want to donate the jacket back again for the 25th anniversary so you can raffle it off again. And uh, this lady got it and then he told her what the guy did. And she was like, oh yeah, I'll do the same thing. I'll have it for five years and then I'll bring it back. And that second year, they raised a bunch of money and uh, they... He was like, what do they need at the school? And they were like, oh, we need instruments. So they're giving these kids instruments, you know? These kids that were like really talented. That's right. He was saying there was one kid who was like uh, not very good at school, but he can play piano really well. And there's like a bunch of kids like this that are like they're not academically minded, but they have these other talents. And so the second time they were like, we need instruments. And so he used the money to buy all these kids instruments at the school. And then the third time, the 30th anniversary next year, they're bringing these kids over who have been fucking 10 years in this school and they're bringing them to the fringe and they're going to play at the show. You know? These kids that have been fucking funded some of their education by the people who are the audience at this show, they're coming back and they're going to play music at this show that has been funding them with all the people who come every year and see the fucking thing. That's the fringe. That's it. And he said the thing that I always think about how that you meet people at the fringe who are just here once a year and they come and you check in on them for a month of the year and you form these close bonds because it's such an intense thing and you're here with people every day and then you leave and the, the, the village disbands for 11 months 
and you don't know what they do and then the next year you come and you hope that they're there and some of them are and some of them aren't. And sometimes, you know, they never come back or sometimes they come back years later. It's a whole year. He said it's a whole year in a month. A whole year in a month. That's the name of this fucking week's podcast. Fuck you. <laughs> a whole year in a month. And the photo for this week is going to be me sitting in the chair at Brew Lab two days ago, just absolutely tired, staring at the ceiling. That is that is the photo of the fringe for me. Just exhausted. It's a whole year in a month. And everything that would happen to you in a year, you know, comedy, fucking life, love, friendship happens in a fucking month. And then you go out and you have the rest of your year. It's, it's like a way of doubling the amount of life you get to live while also ironically shortening your lifespan. I get too sincere about it. I don't know. No one wants to fucking hear about this, you know? Because whatever, the people who fucking rave about the Fringe, who cares? But that's pretty cool, isn't it? Some guy's been here for 35 years and he's fucking used the money to educate some kids in some fucking country and then he's going to bring them here and have them play. It's great. Ugh. Is there anything else that I want to say? This is a pretty short one, isn't it? And that's also fine. I won a round of, uh, two rounds actually, of uh, drinks off of uh, Ben, who's filming the documentary the other night on Friday night. We went to the fucking ping pong thing. The uh, It's called King of the Table. It's this show where comedians play ping pong against each other. No comedy is performed at this show. It's just comedians playing ping pong. And me and Ben did a bet. And uh, he won a bet for a round of drinks. And he won the bet. But then we went double or nothing, and I won the second round. So he owes me two rounds of drinks. Sucked in, mate. Two cans of Coke. <laughs> but yours truly. That was great. I don't know, man. I, I really don't know what to tell you guys. Other than that, I am still having the best time at the Fringe. I don't know if you can hear it in my voice, but I'm feeling pretty broken, you know? But like every time I feel like I can't do any more, the festival kind of picks me back up. There's always another spot. There's always another person. There's always another thing to do. And in a second, what I'm going to do is meet up with another old friend. And uh, hopefully he's still going to be around where he said he was at before. And I'm going to go see him. And we're going to hang out. And I'm really looking forward to it. So I'm going to leave you guys there. But thank you very much for listening to the podcast this week. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Peace.